What's up, rockers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, and Instagram at talklouder underscore podcast. And of course, always on our website, talklouderpodcast.com. I'm Metal Dave, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And today we have Stevie D, guitarist for Buck Cherry. And we've been wanting to get him on the show for quite some time. I saw them play outside of Austin about a month ago, and I hit him up to be on the podcast. And he's still on the road, uh, but was kind enough to make some time for us today uh, before soundcheck. I believe he's in Florida today. Uh, so great conversation with Stevie, such a nice guy. And, I think uh, we made him late for sound check. Sorry, Stevie. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. It's probably the last podcast he'll do with us. <laughs> oh, maybe not. I mean, you uh, know, he was they, actually, they, I think he was actually offering to, to be a co-host, uh, at the, at the end of the well, tour. Well, there for so. a second, as, as if, as if, I mean, uh, the more the merrier, I'm, I'm totally down, but <laughs> like, like, like we're making money doing this, you know? <laughs> yeah. This, right. Uh, yeah. If you have idle hands, we can keep you out of trouble, but we can't give you a paycheck. So. Right. I'm still waiting for my paycheck. Yeah. So. Me too. It yeah. Ain't happening. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't <laughs> yeah. Is, this is a but, passion piece. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, anyway, Stevie D, uh, one of the hardest working guys in rock and roll in one of the hardest touring bands in rock and roll. Buck Cherry seems to be out constantly. Of course, much like everybody else, they had some downtime during the pandemic, but they've been hitting it hard again. And prior to the pandemic, I don't know if those guys even went home for Christmas. I mean, they were as, just as people are going to hear in, in the interview, you know, my, my comments, my comments after meeting Stevie and just hearing his story and how it all went, you know, how, how it kind of came together uh, with his involvement in the band. It's like, you know, Buck Cherry is busy. Yeah. They, they stay busy. Even when they're not busy, they're busy. You know, they're yeah. thinking of the next thing. It reminds me of, uh, you know, just look at the Voivod discography. You're looking at the release years and yeah. it's like, there's no downtime. Right. At all. So yeah. Album tour, album tour, album tour. And, uh, yeah. Buck Cherry has been doing it since, uh, oh my God, 20 some years now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The album came out in 99 yeah. and, yep. Uh, Stevie's been with the band since the 15 album in 2005. He and Josh, uh, actually go back farther than their, uh, partnership in Buckcherry. They were friends in Hollywood in the early nineties. Stevie shares a little bit about that. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. Um, it, and fortunately it all worked out for the best, but, uh, it's dangerous, but it's also funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I think it's funny because it all worked out, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, happy to have him on the show today. Nice of him to take some time off uh, on while he's on tour, getting ready for soundcheck. And uh, so, yeah, let's get to it. Stevie D from Buck Cherry here on the Talk Louder podcast. You're out touring Hellbound, your latest album. And uh, I don't know, is it just me or there seems to be a lot more uh, excitement around Hellbound maybe than the previous couple of records and I don't know if that's just because of the pandemic and people were starving for something or whatever, but I, I feel like there's a lot of talk and, and buzz around the record online, et cetera. Do you get that perception from yeah. where you are? Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, maybe I, I, it, it's hard to tell, you know, I'm, I'm in the, 
kind of in the eye of the storm. Sure. So, uh, and every, every record cycle, there seems to be uh, a, a big push, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, we're, we're with uh, a different label. Uh, there's different circumstances like the pandemic and people haven't gotten uh, live shows. And uh, maybe it's timing that a year went by. Not a lot of releases happen uh, because a lot of people don't like to release albums without being able to tour. Sure. Uh, that's what we were doing. So uh, we waited till there was some sort of green light with touring. And then uh, there was this big push from uh, Earache, our label, and uh, Roundhill in the uh, States. Uh, hang on one second. Guys, I need you to. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um, anyway, so, yeah, we're, get, we're getting ready to uh, jump this ship and get on to Shiprock. So everyone's... Uh, Everyone's getting all their uh, stuff mo- together. Monsters. You know, it's the end of the run here. Right. Yeah. Yes, Mon- sir. Monsters of Rock. Yeah. yeah. Monsters, Monsters of Rock. Because we've done both. But yeah, I mean, it, yes. Yep. Yes. Um, but yeah, back to your question. Um, there, there has, it was well received. So yeah. there was a lot of, um, uh, we, we spent a lot of time, which we normally don't get um, writing this record. So yeah. we had all of all of 2020 and we spent a good amount of time writing with Marty Fredrickson, who's got a, uh, a great track record. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we connected really, uh, we connected well with him. So we, we worked with him in the past and uh, it was uh, pretty effortless. So yeah. uh, the re- end result was uh, we had 30 songs, 30 some odd songs to uh, pick, pick from. And uh, the result was a, uh, a, a more cohesive, consistent album, uh, yeah. rock and roll album. You know, we weren't trying, we didn't set out to, I don't know, uh, we didn't set out to uh, achieve anything more than just a great rock and roll album. With Am, great amen songs. to that. That says a lot. That right there makes me want to buy it. That makes me want to go yeah. look for it. It makes me want to watch yeah. the videos when you when you put it yeah. that way because um, that's what's missing. It's like uh, a, a yeah. great rock and roll record is actually the missing yeah. link, especially these days. So the fact that you had 30, yeah. 30 tunes in the well to look at and choose from in order to sort of sculpt your yeah. goal, I think, is that's great. Uh, good things. Yeah. Good things came out of the, are coming out of lockdown and pandemic. Or do you think it's a double edged sword? Um, I, I think for us, uh, the silver lining was that we got to be with our families. Mm. You know, for an, a long, you know, like we toured a lot in 2019, 2018, and. I remember being overseas, just wanting to be home with my, my, with my boy. I'm a single dad and, uh, careful what you wish for, because, uh, I got to spend every minute of 2020 (laughs) and a lot of 2021 with that boy. I mean, you know, I, and and I loved it. So, um, we also got to spend, uh, a lot of time, uh, working on our songwriting, like Josh and I, uh, working on our songwriting language and, um, 
and that got fine tuned. And uh, the, like I said, the, the benefit of all that uh, is just, you know, uh, better, better music for us, you know, yeah. so a good album, a, a better family, you know, a happy family. So yeah, yeah. it's all good. I, it was, it was good. When, now, when, when we came out of the gate, uh, the first, uh, the last half of 2021, the crowds were insane. You know, it was, um, a lot of them were sold out mm-hmm. and, um, and there, there were lines down the block and people just, e- even with, you know, they, it, when we were getting going there, you know, they'd have everything separate, you know, people separated in pods. And they were still singing at the top of their lungs, but yeah, it, that was great. And then the the variants started hitting, mm. and people started getting scared. Mm. So, so uh, that started affecting our our, uh, our audience too. So, mm. like the show would be sold out, but seventy five percent would only show up, or fifty percent would show up uh, because they didn't want to get sick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so that's where we're at now. Um, and then we're also, you know, we're looking at, uh, uh, monsters of rock where a lot of people are trying to dump their cats, sell their cabins because they don't want to get sick, you know, are they? So even though, you know, whatever information is out there about Omicron, you know, uh, people just, still just don't want to get sick so uh which i understand yeah i mean i think that that's as fair as fair as anything the uh the the, there's been a quite a few bands drop out because of uh maybe maybe fear of being sick or uh they have to come through customs too many times and in fear of testing uh you have to test every time you go through a customs and one one neck one positive sends the whole crew home so that's another uh, playing yeah, card. Yeah, it's, that's it's, the death card. It's, you know, it's tough. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah, I you know we're, we have to do a lot of testing for. Uh, we're going to be going on the road with Alice Cooper right after that. Mm-hmm. So um, it's we're just trying to get across the finish line, yeah. you know, and, and be as careful as we can. What the whole, that turned it's, into a it's, game uh, now. So you you talked a minute ago yeah. about the uh, the songwriting language between you and Josh. Uh, you and Josh have known each other for a long mm-hmm. time. I, I think your friendship even predates you joining Buck Cherry. Um, yeah. So tell me, and especially <laughs> yeah. now that you guys are basically the only two left out of that core group that did the 15 album. So mm-hmm. since from that time to today, you and Josh have been the primary songwriters. Um is there ever a time when when you guys are, are butt heads creatively because you feel so strongly about a verse or a chorus <laughs> or uh can you tell me a story about uh, yeah. yeah it's a good question um uh, yeah i mean just like uh our offstage relationship or on stage it, we, we we're i liken it to maybe the way brothers interact, you know, you've known, we've known each other a long time, uh, since the early nineties when we were, uh, in Hollywood. And, um, 
and and we will will argue we'll argue about we can argue about anything you, you know uh no he's he's in the back there um <laughs> but uh yeah you know like I, I don't it doesn't get cheated like this is the way i want it you know because at, at the end of the day i don't know you know like i don't you know when it back in 20 uh, or no uh in 2005 when they were picking singles and they picked crazy bitch to be the first single i was like oh i don't is that a good choice you know like i don't know what's gonna hit you know what i mean yeah and that was a a, a massive single so um i don't what i like to do is just put my best foot forward and uh and if it takes off great if it doesn't i I don't fight for things that, um, you know, I'm not quite, you know, hundred percent sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So keep the peace, choose your battles. Um, yeah. you mentioned you're getting ready to go out with Alice Cooper. And in the past you've been out with Motley Crue, ACDC. Um, and at the beginning of this episode, we have a photo montage and for a couple of the photos that we have of you, one of them is you with Eddie Van Halen and another is you with Angus Young. Mm. Tell me about those two occasions and how mm. those photos came about. Any, any aspiring oh, young I, kid's got to freak out when you finally get to meet someone of that stature. You know, like I've met a lot of people. Being in Buck Cherries afforded me the opportunity to meet a lot of people. And, you know, some of them uh, are cool um some of them aren't you know some of them you know at the end of the day it's you know they're all just dudes you know but when you meet somebody like eddie van halen it's that has had such an effect on your you know musical career um it it was it was it was mind-blowing you know i I was floored you know I, i saw him down the hall and uh and I, I, was, I was speechless, you know, like I was like that little girl weeping in the corner seeing, you know, Paul McCartney. I was like, oh, God. you know, like that's fucking Eddie Van Halen. Oh, my God. But that's um, that's a common reaction. I, I would vote that that would happen to pretty much anyone. It would happen to me. Us. I know that. Yeah. 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 So how did that come about? I mean, Where was I, that photo? You know, for guitar player, especially. Yeah. Well, we were we were in uh, Australia and we were doing a festival. They were headlining. We were opening. And um, this was after we had played. And I went into the hallway. I, you know, I just happened to be talking with Steven Tyler a a moment before. And Mm. and then I saw him and I was and and he walked up. um, I can't remember uh, what happened, but he was. He was vaping. Yeah. And I was like, Hey Eddie. And he goes, Hey, what's going on? Like he had already, we had already met before. And I was like, Oh, nothing. Just hanging out. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you know, are you, so you're vaping now? Is that what's going on? And, um, he goes, yeah, man, you want to try? He's like, I can't smoke anymore. He's like, he goes, you want to check it out? And I was like, Oh God. Um, Okay, you know, and so I hit his, I hit his uh, vape, <laughs> and you know, like, and and um, 
I don't know. We had talked about, I don't know, some guitar stuff, you know, his amps and uh, the, he was, he was holding his guitar because he was just warming up in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah. And that, and that was, that was basically it. I asked him yeah. for a selfie and he goes, sure. You know, so nice. yeah, That's it was, awesome. that was, it was pretty quick, but the Angus Young meeting, we were at third encore and, uh, in Hol- uh, North Hollywood, California. And, uh, I was, I had a storage locker there, uh, and, you know, ACDC was rehearsing there. They rented out the whole, <laughs> the whole building. And, uh, <laughs> my friend Doug, the manager there was like, he knows I'm a huge, like Angus is like the pinnacle for me. And he's like, you know, Angus is playing right there. You know, no, he's sitting right there. He's reading a book, smoking cigarettes. I was like, okay, just be cool. Just be cool. Just be cool. Doug, can you, can you get me, uh, you know, can, can I meet him? And he goes, yeah, he's super cool. I went over there and we, we talked. He's, he's a well-read gentleman. He was drinking tea and, uh, I was, and I just asked him, uh, but, you know, I have an SG in my locker. Could, would you sign it? He goes, sure, sure. So went over there and he signed it. We took a picture, you know, wow. that, man, super cool dude. Super cool dude. That's a couple of good days but, right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to know where your t-shirt is. that says I vaped with Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> 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 yeah i know it's it's so strange but you know um yeah i i uh i was blown. I, the whole thing went both meetings went into slow motion you know like yeah. if you met people that you're just like you know my heart was like beating you know like yeah i don't know yeah. that, that fight the, or flight moment you know yeah. in the in the <laughs> but, words of bon scott suspended animation <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly mm-hmm. perfect yeah it's exactly that so wow. stevie you you and uh you and you and josh go back uh as you said to the early 90s as friends in in hollywood um and m- my understanding is those are some pretty wild days for you guys <laughs> and uh to put it mildly yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about how you guys Um, met as friends (laughs) and then lead us up to the point. I want to know how you met as friends. And then uh, a few years later, what what was his sales pitch to you to get you to join Buck Cherry? All right. Uh, (laughs) This is another good Uh, question, Dave. Yeah, we all right. We both worked at a vintage clothes store uh, called Aardvarks. It was in Venice, California. And uh, um, we had a manager there that um, we didn't like. And we had been, we were fed up working for her. And so what we did, um, that's where, where we met. And, and, and one of the story, you know, a story that uh, how we left that place is we both uh, said, yeah, our best thinking told us, why don't we put, why don't we fucking quit this place? We'll walk out right now. We'll take our last check and we'll buy uh, a sheet of acid. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll sell, we'll sell, we'll buy it at pennies on the dollar and we'll, we'll, we'll turn around and sell them for $3 a piece. 
and we will become the acid kings of Los Angeles. You know? <laughs> and uh, so that was our big, our big idea, money making scheme that you know we won't we won't have to work anymore, and we'll, we'll just uh, we'll we'll be these big drug kingpins in Hollywood. Uh, fast forward um, two weeks later, there was no more acid because we were so broke. We would um, we would take a half hit of acid. <laughs> uh, by the way, if, if you're uh, a, a young person watching this, this is not what not to do. Okay, um, got it. But yeah, two two weeks later, there was no, we had eaten all the acid because we were broke and couldn't afford beer and uh, other consumables. You know, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, that was that was just that was just the beginning of our relationship. But uh, <laughs> wow. yeah, it was it was it, it was a crazy time. It's a crazy time. So then he uh, you guys aren't in bands together. You're in bands separately. And then he decides to reform Buck Cherry. Uh, we lost your video, lost Steve. Video. He's come here. He's right. Been. All good. So, uh, yeah, you're, so you're, here I am. Sorry. All good, so, all good. so you're you're in separate bands. Uh, he decides to put Buck Cherry back together after a hiatus following the first two records. Uh, how does he approach you about joining the band? And were you even still in Hollywood at that time, or were you back in Chicago? Uh, yeah, no, I, I came back to Chicago. Uh, I came back to Hollywood after swearing I'd never go back there. Uh, <laughs> I, I hated it. You know, it was a gateway to hell for me. You know, I got, you know, from after, after, um, after living with Josh for a while, uh, I, I, I kind of downwards spiraled, uh, into the, uh, this, uh, drug and alcohol abyss, you know, much like a lot of people do there, you know, Hollywood chews up a lot of people anyway. Um, I, uh, I, I was in Hollywood. Uh, I, I went back, I, I, I jammed with, uh, this band. I was a hired gun of sorts for different labels. So I, I, I played with American Pearl. I, I played with this band on Arista called Automatic Black. And, uh, we lost that deal. And I got a call from Josh and he said, uh, I just lost my tour manager. Can you meet me in Texas? So I go to, I go to Texas, uh, start tour managing and kind of rotating, you know, for him. And then um, he said, you know, their guitar player falls out. So I end up being the guitar player for his solo band during that Buck Cherry hiatus. Right. Okay. Fast fast forward, that band gets dropped, and uh, we both go back to Hollywood, and. Uh, you know, meanwhile, I'm kind of this guy, kind of this guy. I'm this, I'm the guy that's uh, still friends with Keith and I'm still friends with Josh. So, uh, you know, I'm talking to them and, and I'd be like, you know, Josh, you know, I was talking to Keith today. He says, hello. You know, and he's like, huh, okay. Tell him I said hello. And I go back to Keith. Hey, you know. You know, uh, Josh said hello. And uh, he was like, oh, really? Okay. Oh, how's he doing? I'm like, he's good. You know, like, I, I go back to Josh. 
asked how you're doing. He's like, oh, really? You know, so that started a dialogue between the two. And then I think they, what happened was they were uh, thinking about doing a reunion show at the Key Club. And then uh, my phone rang one day and it was Keith. He was like, uh, hey, dude, we're going to do a reunion show. You, know, you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. You know, I, lo- I was a huge Buck Cherry fan. You know, yeah. so anyway, that's how that all started. And then, and then the, you guys put together the 15 album. And from what I understand, you couldn't get a deal yeah. to save your life. It, it almost never even came out. In fact, I think it was only yeah. released in Japan initially. Right. Um, and then it went yeah. on. Yeah. So tell me about that. Cause that was basically dead in the water. And then it turned into this double platinum blockbuster success. Yeah. Uh, double platinum after 20 years. Sure. Yeah. Um, take it. You know, if, if I, if I, if, if I can recall, uh, how it all happened, I, I remember it, Keith saying at rehearsal, you know, we're going to start writing and, uh, and put the band back together and, and, and make a go of it. If you're into it, bring your rent on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, and everyone was like, oh, what else are we going to do? You know, I mean, for, I think all of us, it was kind of a last house on the block. Yeah. Uh, J- Jimmy had just gotten out of, uh, prison. Yeah. Uh, Xavier was, uh, working on bikes, uh, in Texas. You know, I was, I was, cl- I was washing RVs and jet skis in the desert. So it was like a no brainer, you know, like, do you want to rock? Or do you want to, do you want to be a janitor? I was like, okay, you know, like, yeah, I'll bring my rent on Tuesday. Yeah. Well, the, so, janitor, the janitoring is going to wait for you anyway. So yeah, it'll always be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, what, what did I have to lose? So, uh, but yeah, we, uh, I remember Katie McNeil, uh, which is an important piece of the puzzle. She really believed in this. And she worked over with Alan Kovac at 11.7. And she started managing us. And uh, she started hustling. We put some demos together. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, everyone passed on it like twice. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, Alan uh, Kovac went to Japan and got the funding to release it on 11.7 records. Uh, it was like going to be a Japanese Japanese release, but he also put it out in the States on 11.7. Yeah. So, but that's, that's where the, that's the whole catalyst. If I remember correctly, you know, right. but it was a whirlwind right after that. It took off uh, pretty quickly after that. There was, there was this old thing called MySpace. And it was, it was it was a social media platform, you know, <laughs> and that's when uh, terms like viral video started being thrown around. And right. we we released a video on. Uh, well, actually, we just put the song on on MySpace, and if I remember correctly, I, I remember looking at it, and it, we had just posted it. And it was going up by the tens of thousands. I was like, huh this thing might be brilliant. Like it's going like a lot of people are watching this and, 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 you know, it had within a week or it had hundreds of thousands and 
I don't know, but after a few months it had millions, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Start of something huge for sure. Um, you mentioned, yeah. uh, speaking of that album and, and the lineup, you mentioned Keith and Jimmy and Xavier. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of people got attached to that lineup of the band because uh, the success of 15. Um, and, and you as a guitar player having to partner with Keith, I'm sure that was uh, an integral part of your working relationship and, and, write, and songwriting and that sort of thing. So as, as gently as you can, can, can you... Can you tell us why each of those guys left or quit or got fired or whatever? Well, they didn't, no one got fired. Um, they, they, they left. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to say because I, we haven't talked since. Yeah. Um, well, I've talked to Xavier, uh, but I think Keith just, he, he was tired of the road. Uh, it's no secret that we had toured relentlessly for, uh, more than 10 years yeah. straight and we were never, never home. And, uh, at this point, um, he, uh, you know, he had a son, uh, has a son and, and I get it, you know, and we were told at this point in, in time, to uh stop touring you know it was, it, was the, the, we, it was a case of diminishing returns for us that we had toured so much that we're burning out audiences and less people were coming as the years went on yeah so um and that's uh it's really frustrating and it's disheartening and and for someone you know we saw a lot of success and to see that happening I get it, you know, like, you know, and, and at the point of, uh, we had taken the break and, uh, we were like, it, I think after six months, we, we had agreed to take a six month break. And, uh, and at the end of that six months, uh, Josh wanted to start working yeah. and, and I was, you know, because the lifestyle, you know, like my, you know, I, I needed to start working again too, you know? So, uh, that's when it kind of, it splintered, you know, I think Keith still wanted to stay home and Josh wanted to start working. So that's, that's where kind of all of that happen yeah i I feel Um, like i want to say i feel like i want to say this and we know that you have to go um oh sorry i'm uh i'm very uh impressed with how how busy the band just under the banner buck cherry has been able to stay together at 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 pretty much at fucking any cost and it's impressive because not a lot of bands can do that you know they just do fly-in dates and they don't get on a bus and they don't they don't work the product or anything and that banner buck cherry has always done that so yeah with all of the sort of like rocks being thrown at you you know a a rock would be this like you know well you you got to go home for a while because you've burned out your markets something yeah. like that that's huge and it's uh it's kind of you you take a hit uh 
you try not to take it personally, but go home. Fuck this. What? Go home. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go home. But you yeah. look at you look at paperwork and you 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 do numbers and you're like, oh the fuck, I hate it when they're right. So yeah, it's scary. It's yes. it's scary when when it's your uh, main source of income. Yeah. Um, you know, records. It's no secret that records uh, aren't selling anymore. Rock records, anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a we're in a day and age of uh, streaming. So, um, don't get me on started on, on Spotify. Road, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, different episode. Me, me too. Yeah. Um, it, it's uh, road. The road is the only place where uh, it makes sense for us. You know, merch and. Uh, ticket sales yeah so uh you know and we're gonna we're after this record cycle we have to go away for a little while again too so uh you know maybe maybe you need a partner at your podcast i don't know oh, you sure know? sure you know? a charm. <laughs> <Right>. absolutely <laughs> so um, anyway, real quick, do you still have the uh, ritual of of jamming uh, Metallica Seek and Destroy on the tour bus before you take the stage? Oh, uh, we, yeah, we, it was Slipknot. It was Metallica. Uh, now it's. Uh, gosh, we've gone through even disco phases. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, what did we listen to last night? Um Actually, we, we we watched Kelly do this uh, bluegrass. You know, it, it's different all the time now. Yeah. It's changed a lot through the years. I just remember yeah. uh, being on the bus at one time when you did. I, I was this is before you were in the band, by the way. Uh, the guys let me hang yeah. out and be part of the 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 pregame ritual of playing air guitar to Metallica Seek and Destroy, <laughs> and uh, and it was a blast. <laughs> And then I noticed the last time I saw you just a month ago, uh, you had that song playing over the PA before you went on. So I was thinking to myself, uh-huh, yeah. we'll have that as, uh, as music, you know, yeah. stage music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we, we put together that uh, walk on music, uh, me and Kelly. It's like everything from Sex Pistols, Motorhead, Metallica, you know, to kind of get the, the, the old rock and roll spirit up. Sure. Yeah. Stevie, we're going to let you go in just a second. I wanted to ask you, we do a segment called How'd You Get Hooked on Rock and Roll? So tell me, what was the first album or the first band you saw on TV or the first concert you went to? Or what was the moment where you decided, I want to do that for a living? Uh, That's that's easy. The moment I decided I wanted to do this for the rest of my life, like I went to... Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, it was at Poplar Creek, uh, just outside of Chicago. That's the amphitheater we saw concerts at. It was, it was Ozzy Osbourne, Def Leppard. I was uh, fifteen or sixteen, and I it was the guitar, It was Randy Rhodes' guitar solo. Yeah, oh. I was like, and 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 that was the point where I was woodshedding uh, at home. I had a guitar teacher, you know, teaching me Randy Rhodes licks. And when I saw him do that and what he shared with the audience and what they shared back, I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Thank yeah. you, Ozzy. Thank you, Randy Rhodes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> and thank you, Stevie, for joining us today. I think we need to let Thanks, him go. Get the sound check. Um, on behalf yeah. of my co-host, Jason McMaster, I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with our special Thanks, guest, Jason. Stevie D from Buck Cherry. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Talk Louder podcast. <laughs> Super nice guy. Yeah, he Had is. No, nothing to go on. No idea. I don't know any history about him, but I got to say, uh, Super nice, uh, obviously talented and um, uh, excellent, excellent interview with him. Yeah, that was awesome he, of him to hang out with us uh, from, from the road. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I saw Buck Cherry about a month ago in Kyle right outside of Austin. And and I got to talking to Stevie and mentioned the podcast. Of course, we've had Billy Rowe, the other guitarist in Buck Cherry on the show already. And, uh, you know, I just have a long history with with the Buck Cherry guys, especially now, uh, Josh and Stevie being the two longest running members of the band. And I've known Billy for a long, long time as well. So, uh, he mentioned, uh, the podcast and I told him we wanted to have him on and he was kind enough to, to make it happen. And as you said, he's on the road right now. And as he said, he's off the sound check. So he squeezed us in and we appreciate that. Definitely. Um, really cool that, uh, we're getting, you know, sometimes two at the same time, sometimes two separate. Um, I'll I'll take it either way. Uh, you know, with the legs diamond, we had two at, on on at once, and and then we've had uh, you know Frank and Eddie. Yeah, and then we've also had Frank on his own. So uh, yeah, I think that that just hearing you know the person's story and how they're seeing it even though it's related to what's happening to the group of people that, that they're, you know, partners with and, and on the road with and sharing every moment with and yeah, like that, it gives a, gives a, I don't know if it's something that people just who are, who listen to us or uh, who, who are even reading the, a Rolling Stone article about a person or a group or a, a record or anything. I don't think that they understand the, well, you know, you get out of bed, you put your socks on, you, you know, don't forget your pants and yeah. you, you, you start your day just like, just like anything else. But, but when rock and roll is your job and, and then I love it how they're saying, well, you know, I, I got to spend time with my son. It's like, that's important. And it yeah. seems like, uh, it's not the first thing that like fans will think about. Sure. You know, they want you to look and feel and sound exactly how you did 20 years ago when when the record that they fell in love with came out right uh, and then they realize oh shit they're a person and that's what i love uh one more thing i love about uh about doing a podcast and getting to getting to hang out with people that that you and i don't really know personally and just seeing them reflect it's it's freaking awesome yeah, and some some of these people, their personality is just so genuine, and I think that's what we got with Stevie today. You you just you just feel the human connection. You know, he talks about having his, you know, going home to his son, and then the ups and downs of being on the road, and he's just very honest about the realities of it. And I I agree that sort of uh, peels away this layer and gets beyond the persona that you see on stage, which is just high energy and twenty four seven go go go. 